On this episode of the Grower Plateau podcast, we have Chris Lake from Exit Realty outside Binghamton, New York. On this episode, Chris takes us through what works best for him, but also what has it in growing his business. Let's get started. All right, cool. Chris, thanks for hopping on the uh, the podcast with me here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, so why don't you just like, let's just jump right into it. Let's, um, you know, go ahead and introduce yourself. And uh... So I'm uh, Christopher Lake with Exit Realty Homeward Bound. I'm a licensed real estate salesperson. I live in uh, Vestal, New York, which is in the southern tier of New York, about seven minutes from the Pennsylvania border and an hour and a half from Syracuse. Um, I've been at Eagle for five years next month. When did... Awesome. When did you? So you got been uh, been doing it for five years. What were you doing before? So before that, I was in facilities maintenance and construction and things like that for about fifteen years. Well, thirteen years at the time. Yeah, well, okay. sixteen years now. I've been working full did, time. Did that experience? I was sixteen. Yeah. D- did that experience with construction management? Did that really help you translate to real estate? Not. As much as you would think, the th- the mm. the career path that I had in that span of time that translated the best to real estate was my experience in hospitality. I came up working for um, the DoubleTree by Hilton for two, three years, and then transitioned out of that into more construction type roles and things like that with other properties. And then I ended up going back to the DoubleTree, oddly enough, um, just before COVID when I was really trying to get my career going in earnest and I wanted to go to a job that I really knew I could do proficiently, but it wasn't going to be so taxing to me that I wouldn't be able to pursue my career at the same time. As where with the other jobs I was in were more of a career track and I had to be dedicated to that one thing. It was really making it too difficult to be able to try to create a real estate career and run my own business and things like that on a salary job. Gotcha. Sure. Sure. What? So what drew you to real estate? So when, uh, before I went back to the double tree for my second tour of duty, as we say, um, hospitality is very, very tight link and it's, it's a tough biz. Fi- uh, people typically burn out in the first five years, sort of like realist. Um, but so if you go back, it's like a second tour, but I was working for my broker's dentist that, you know, I think you ought to get a real estate license and meet John Farrell, who's from your broker in our area and one of the owners of my company. And I didn't know who he was. Okay. Bought a house in the area, but I bought it with another company, different age. One of the other top three agents in the last 20 years, but not him. So I meet, I meet this guy. He is like lightning in a bottle. He's very, very electric to me. And they uh, they both kind of agreed that I would maybe have a talent at doing real, doing real estate and getting my license, seeing how it went. So my boss actually paid for me to take my real estate licensing course because um, he that confident that I could do it in the spoke to my broker a little bit. I said, no. My boss said that he wouldn't, or no, I spoke to my broker and he said that he wouldn't be opposed to trying to steal me from my boss. My boss actually said, no, probably, I could actually end up being the best thing for you because the construction thing was going okay, yeah. but it was really taxing to me. Um, I'm far superior in my talents at this than I was at that. My job is kind of changing at the dentist. That and I... I'm far better suited doing this. So the two of them and them really benefited me greatly, kind of is like a launching pad to being meter. So 
sport, most people I know that have made, made a career in this very not linear path to getting into. Uh-huh. So, so when you first got into real estate, right, did you, were you on a team or were you kind of like on your own? Yeah, we don't have teams in my company, um, or at least at my office anyway. Um, so it's sort of like going to church, going to the gym, Anything that requires self-motivation, nobody's going to say, okay, Chris, get in the car. We're going to the gym now to go get our workout in. Are they going to go or you're not going to go? Are they going to make the cold calls, door knock, follow up on leads, or you're not? So mm-hmm. there's an inequity there in effort, but I would say differentiates people who make it and people who don't make People who know what to say and people who are too timid and don't know what not to say. People who just say things just to make noise, sort of like when you're standing on the front porch, say the house has great bones. As she says this, the viral video I saw your, as she says the house has great bones, because I don't know she, what else to say, the porch collapsed underneath with the buyer. Mm-hmm. So Jeez. just knowing what to say and not just trying to make noises. Right. Oh my gosh. So when you first got into, since you were on your own, were you relying mostly on your sphere of influence or did you use Zillow? How did you kind of start getting your first clients? When you first come into the business, um, the key thing is the mentorship that you have around you and the people you have around you. I think that you learn role the most by seeing what the successful people are doing and just being around people who are doing things helps you stay motivated seeing they could do that. Well, I could do that. And but I've been around a while. Now I'm realizing people are looking at me saying the same thing. So it's being around the office and my office providing training once a, every week, having this one meeting of trending topics that we used to for COVID. We'd all come in and we'd talk about whatever's going on in our market, um, things that we're seeing, market trends, whatever. There's a, there's, a, there's a big benefit to being around people who are the heavy hitters in the market that are willing to share knowledge and to guide you a little bit. Still with me? Yep. Yep, yep I'm with you. All right, you're camera. How's that? Yep, yep, to see you again. But being able to go to those meetings is what kept me connected. It took me six months, I think, to close my first transaction. And I, to be perfectly honest, I had no money. I, I had less than no money. I was not going to renew my, renew my dues. The first due well, because I was out of money. My wife said, you got to stay at it. I really think this could be. And I said, can't really do this to us. Now, looking back, the dues are really kind of nominal. But at the time, we had a lot of other financial challenges, earlier things in life. Um, my son was born 12 weeks early. So it was a motivator to being successful in this bit but we had an exponential amount of medical debt that was holding me down a little bit. But I wasn't going to renew. I had low confidence. Wasn't, I was having a hard time getting a deal. Weeks after I renewed, got my first deal. Five, six weeks after that, closed my... That's kind of what got the wheels turning and held the initial inertia to be able to keep me going in this. Gotcha. So that was like the one that... That was kind of the deal that said, okay, I can, if I can get through the past six months, I can weather the storm and do this, do this career full time. Yeah. I mean, expectation, mismanaged expectation, shall I say, or disappointment is born. And I, I, I share that back line with everybody I work with in business. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Oh, right. I, I saw it. Just saw your screen move. I didn't know if you said. But yeah, no, no you're the, good. I think that TV paints an in, uh, paints a real fictional portrayal of what they like and how much money you make. Soon you make that. So a lot of people, including me, I think, came in and I was hoping, all right, maybe this is my ticket out of being completely broke. It was, but it wasn't as instantaneous as I maybe thought it would be. It was more plant the seeds today to eat in the next seat, not eat tomorrow, right? Sort of like farm. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. So when so when did you kind of start? Well, I guess let me back up. So did you rely mostly on like your severe sphere of influence too? So yeah, beginning? sorry. I, I forgot to answer that. My, so when I first met with my broker, he said, I... I Anticipate your first 10 transactions from your sphere of influence. For the most part, that was accurate. Um, I did three deals that first year. I did eight the following year. And so, I mean, first 11, I would say probably seven or eight of them were my sphere of influence. Maybe one of them, Zillow. Um, but, the, but, but even now, over 100 transactions later, the majority of my business, I'm not buying the lead. The least expensive lead to buy is from somebody you've already done a good job with. So mm-hmm. 60, 70, 80% of my business are all referrals or friends of friends or others or whatever. So I'm not going out and paying Zillow or any of the other uh, companies to be able to buy the lead. Um, <clears throat> because when I first started at the biz, the, one of my things that I wanted to really have be my mantra is I don't want to be somebody or I want to be somebody that you just know. Like something like 85, 88% of people don't remember who their agent was. Here's after they close the transaction. I always people, I want people to swear by me. I want them to, kids buy with me, friends to buy with me, parents, everybody. Yep. Oh, hey, if you ask Chris Lake, he'll get the job done. Great job. Be drama free and smooth. Sure. So do you, so how do you, how do you go about marketing you know, your past clients in order to try and get those referrals that you were, you were just talking about. So I actually just sent a newsletter to all my past clients and invited them to a client appreciation event Saturday. Um, oh, nice. so I'm, I'm, at my dime, I'm buying everybody tickets to the local basketball game, Binghamton uh, University, and hey, come on out. And then, I mean, what, what, what harm could possibly come all those happy customers watch the basketball? Oh, you work with Oh, yeah, I work with Chris. It's a terrific thing. A lot of past coworkers. Like at the dentist stop or me, I had a reputation there. I had to call Chris, and that's that's been like sixty my business, and people that I worked with there that liked me, that referred me to the next one, next one, next one. Nice, that's awesome. That's that's awesome. That's what what you really want. Do you use a um a CRM? Keep track of everything. Or? I use about two or three of them. Because okay. um between the different platforms, it's hard to get them to integrate into one. So Zillow has the premier agent. My company uh, works with a company called Onjack that runs our website and we have a CRM on the back end called Pure Agent. And I also have another one that goes correlates directly with our uh, multiple list. Gotcha. Okay. So they all kind of special, they all kind of do something different. They all do uh, one, the origination I suppose is different. The lead capture is a little bit different and that's where, so it's just on me to cognizant of that and going back and check. I've followed everybody or have a drip camping, everybody. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So when did you, when did you start getting into 
like social media, utilizing that to number one, get new clients, but number two, you know, utilizing it to maybe market to those past clients. So I think right away, because one thing that I always notice that people have said, other people I've known that gotten in out of the business have been, are you still doing real estate? And nobody asked because they can see that I'm active on my social media. Uh, content, I can see that they're looking at every story. You know that every story is going to get so many looks. I can, I could tell you off the top of my head who the first three people are that are going to probably look at it. it it's always right. the same people. But nobody ever has to ask me, are you still doing the listening? A, flattering to know that my marketing is effective. And second to that, just beef. Because the, the stability of me with the market, oh, I, I am successful space right and this isn't a part-time hobby for him bread and butter it's all i do yeah so what what kinds of content do you focus on anything that's not homogenized so one of my one of my things across the board is if we're doing it i probably don't want or if we're putting in a mass order for anything in the office closing gifts i won't participate Nothing against what you're doing, but I just am contrarian like that. I don't, I don't want to do it. I want everything I want I do to be authentic to me. So, for example, I print bags of coffee with my branding on, coffee drink, and I give them out all, all fall, winter, spring, and that's one of my things. I magnetize all of my business. Again, one of my things. Yep, my uh, my broker's best friend has me hanging on his refrigerator, in our area, cards at three house. And he yep. threw it on the fridge after he closed down the house. Now, of course, I didn't sell him the house, but uh, it's it's just kind of a funny little joke. You know, so Chris is on my fridge, but you're not. Yeah. That's, that's great, right? Like that's it's 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 like one of those things where you know you you use social media for like the high tech part of it, but like that's one of the things our company says too is high tech, high touch but you also do it more face to face right so it's it's authentic to your voice your brand but you're also you know humanizing what you're doing you know online offline that it, it's, it's i don't know how many of my video my reels or anything in but i always want it to be providing value to the person watching it not providing value to me like yay me right. i made a sale yay my market share is this listed this house open house because people get tuned out to that very quickly and i'm one of my favorite yeah. button in my email is unsubscribe <laughs> seriously yeah um yep it's not providing value to me why is it clogging up my email it right but, and the, the video the things that capture me the consumer are things that are either interesting quirky value add right educational right yeah yep so kind of going off that what types of engagement do you look look for like if you were to post something you know let's say it's educational you're educating somebody on i don't know the appraisal process or whatever it is right home inspection process is there a specific type of engagement you look for whether it's comments shares anything like i don't even care if it's negative i'll engage with yep you can't ignore any engage positive negative or neutral you have to engage with all of it so if it's a facebook review and it's negative i will Think of the most appropriate thing to say, and I will write you back. I've got two one-star reviews in my Google profile right now with people are, that are mad that they did not get a highest and best. And I wrote them back and I said, hey, I understand you were emotionally invested in purchasing a house or you not have submitted an offer. 
unfortunately, seller chose in their own and their choice to go different offer in the confines of the contract. I'm sorry that you right. feel that way. Want wishing you the happiest of holidays. One guy's Christmasy. So and so I think I think I think I like to keep those in focus more so than hey, thank you for liking my post because you'll get plenty of those, but I think it's how you manage or mismanage the negative feedback that could define your position in this space. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. I mean, you you have to respond to everything, you know, in a professional manner, you know, even if it's negative. I get Everybody negative does. comments all the time, you know. Um, Was there a fear? So this is kind of something I always ask everybody, too. I mean, obviously, we're on camera right now and, you know, recording, you know, not visually, too. So we're doing it both ways. But um, is was there a kind of a fear for you, like, getting in front of a camera? Not really. That you had to kind of, not really? Okay. Um, In the beginning, I think that, I think it's all directly related with your confidences and where you are in the business. Um, For example, so like I had somebody call me about a listing a week ago. I told them what to provide, told them what it cost and all that. And they said, all around. I said, okay, well, I I would encourage you to do that. Call three or other people. That is your responsibility to help to make the best deal. And if Mm -hmm. at at the end of the day, I'm like to work with, feel free to call me back. Rewind five years. I would not have had the confidence on that. I would have been a little more kind of like chase more of more of on the chase. Right. Okay. It's a lot like dating. Yep. When when you're needy like that, nobody wants you, right? But if you're confident, say, hey, fine, do whatever you gotta do, it puts you in a far better position mentally. Play hard to get. Not even that. Just you don't even have to play it. You have to you believe it, right? I'm just confident enough that if that person went to somebody else and one of my competitors, fine, I will go work with somebody else and I will get fears. That person called me back and we're working together. We're li- now we have multiple offers. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was able to deliver on what I said I was going. One of the key yep. things in business, right? File, fine, please and thank you. What the hell you say? Dentist I work for taught me that. And if that's your pro- if you can deliver on your problem, have a client for life. So she yep. called me back and you're in business, but you have to have that, that inner confidence. And I'm then out, I believe, or to share that she. So I wasn't yeah. scared to be in front of the camera initially, but I was not confident content I was providing. Really know some, am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to say the wrong thing? I, I just had to have the, I just had to log the miles so Old, have the sure. comfortability in me, and it's become one of my strengths. Did you ever use any scripts or anything like that in the beginning, just to make sure you were yeah. saying the correct? So that that's the problem. Me is if I have a script, and I try to stay on script, I go off script. I forget where I was, and I go back in. So I ad lib everything I do, absolutely everything. Now, if I'm giving like a speech, I'll have a framework or an outline that'll work. But I mean, I'm going to riff everything in the stanza. So just how I operate, because I'll, I'll I'll think in the back of my mind that the newest thought is the better thought than what's written down. That's where it gets all jumbled up. Because I want to say that this is my one opportunity. I want to say the better thing in the back of my mind, but then it doesn't dive. And then I was like, ingredient, yeah, don't quite go to. 
Plus, it's it's your authentic voice and self. Yeah, I'm okay to say likes or ums any of the video yeah. because I don't want it to sound rehearsed. I want it to sound like it. I want it to be authentic from me to you, giving you advice like an older brother. That's how I try to I try to do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is there any accounts or any social accounts that you follow to try and get inspiration? Whether it's something that they talked about, obviously you're not copying what they're doing, but maybe it's something that they, a topic that they talked about. Um, any, any accounts that you kind of follow that so kind of give you inspiration? One social media channel that I like to follow and quite emulate, but I like the way that they deliver is this old house. If you show from people that around 40 and the way that they deliver the content, even on their channels, Silva, Deprocom, any of those guys that are participating with that, they are authentic and they're value adding to you, not to them. And it's all information, educational, really often. feel like it's your dad or your uncle kind of giving you advice. And that's really comfor- comforting to me. It me in to want to watch another. Yep. Which is sort of... Yep. Sort of the objective here. You're, you're, Gary Vaynerchuk says you're trading attention. Do you do you follow a lot of, of Gary Vaynerchuk? I do. Yep. Yeah. He he's obviously he's he's been doing it for. I mean, he was like one of the first guys on YouTube, like Wine Library, when he first started, right? Yeah. And he's still in the library, and he wants to buy the Jets. Yeah. And his uh, his sister's actually a broker, Liz Novello. She's in um, New New York and New Jersey. Uh, oh, okay. Give her a shout out. Uh, yeah, and really, really gracious. You know, I don't ever talk to her about her brother, right? I talk to her about her and her business. He's in my business. Not. Um, mm-hmm. What a rude thing that would be anyway to go to somebody and be like, hey, tell me about your famous brother. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, I would never. Right. That's a quick yeah, way for you. I never want to talk to you. And to. Yeah, for sure. Do you, um? so obviously we're talking about a lot of, you know, content and what works and that kind of thing. Do you use a content calendar to try and, you know, stay organized or you kind of just like if something pops in your head or something's trending in the market, you just go with it? So I have it, I've got a um, reminder of my calendar to make content every day, right? That's kind of my mission. I don't make content every day. There's some people that say that the specific days on the calendar where they just film all day and do outpitching all that night ever. Yeah, because I try to assembly line it like that. It's not going to be up. I, I I don't love making content as much as you would think, but I know that I have to. So if I'm going to have to do it, I want it to be good. I don't want to just, I don't want to be Boston. Are you familiar with the band Boston? Mm-hmm. Yep. They were contractually obligated to make more albums, but they like broken up as a band. They deliberately went and made like crappy albums. I don't want to make crappy albums just to make albums. I want the content to be good. Though, if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to go out of my way to make content. If I'm having a good day today and I'm feeling good about things, rest nicer than I usually probably am. Of course, I'll make some content. I'll make content out of this. I'll make, cut it up, make a couple skills, whatever. It'll be great. But it's 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 got to be good. It just can't be, you can't just be throwing crap against all the seed. Right, right, right. I, I, it's, it's always tough too. Like, do you, do you do any time blocking or try to time block? That's so I learned that from the dentist I worked at. Um, yeah, time block everything that way you can be deliberate and intentional how you utilize your time. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just trying to catch fireflies, and that's really a horrible way to try to like run. I, I want to know that I 
blocked off specific times in my week for family time. Now, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm exclusive to that and I won't go show a house with it. Oh, I'm sure of you. I will, but I will be intentional to try to schedule around those. Um, where if there is flexibility, I'm certain as it for it. I'll also put in you know, pick up a commit, drop off a key, do all the things, make sure that I'm being as a and as possible. I'm yeah. li- lining up showings. I want it to be the most lit- possible. I don't want to tag you all now, and I want to send to that end partway by the house. Yep, by the house. Yeah, so so you're pretty deliberate about, or try to be pretty deliberate about your week. Is there a specific like tie day or time that you specifically use for prospecting new new clients? And then any time of that, there's a specific gap in the schedule. Really, there's if yeah. there's nothing written on the calendar that doesn't mean I can play Madden or something. sitting across the table from the guy who does 180 deal here, and I'm sitting to how we talk, right? Maybe riding with him in the or following up with a prospect. Always something to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Want to get better every. I've only been around a short while. Yep. Yeah. Did you? Do you do? So obviously, we've been talking a lot about, you know, more organic content, more and organic ways that you've you've used to kind of grow your business. Um, did you do? You, or do you plan on doing any kind of paid advertising or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I guess if I had the opportunity, I would. I'd certainly look at it, right? Because. It's, It'd be, it could become part of my business model. Um, yeah. Giving me more time to make more content, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the time is the ultimate. They'll return on it, but can make or not make money. Not every minute of the day should make money, right? Sleep, yeah. Friends with me, ever. If there's things that are making money when you're doing those, that's a wonderful thing. Residual, how we, how we eventually can get out of production someday and off every day, whatever YouTube channel, <laughs> right? Yep. What is so? What's your ultimate kind of like going off that a little bit? Like, what's your ultimate business goal? Well, I don't know. I mean, I tend to think that the retirement party for a realtor is their funeral. So, <laughs> I, I I really don't know. I could really do this the rest of my life if I really want to. Um, part of me wants to maybe get into coaching, training, things like that down the road. Um, hmm? I don't mind being on camera. I don't mind being on stage. I happen to like it. Now that I've been around in the business a little bit longer, there's rage and surprising. Looking to hide them. Big shift. And some of the older agents, people that have been around longer than I have, are coming to me with questions. Wow, this is really, really flattering on one hand. And on the other hand, it was a kind of a reality check of where my position in the marketplace is versus where it was. And it it opened my mind up to different opportunities. I'm also open to maybe leadership. These specials, mm-hmm. realtors, if I ever have a, have the opportunity there. Um, I'm in the local leadership officer. Reader Binghamton is president-elect for that. Um, nice. Congrats. But um, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm open yeah, to so- these things. Yeah, so that so that validation from younger agents, but also experienced agents, kind of caused you to have like this mind shift. Shift. Right? Yeah, I thought I would sell and stay in production forever, but maybe that's not maybe that's not necessarily the end game. That's okay too. 
Um, I certainly enjoy doing that now, but I don't know if that's going to be what the finish line looks like in 20 years. Sure. Sure. That's interesting. So do you do, um, do you do like a lot of like training for the younger agents, whether it's writing a contract or learning, sharing with them, so, um, you know, how you grew your business? Like what, what types of things have you gotten into with those younger agents? So like everything else that's kind of ad libbed when they can't get a hold of anybody else at 9.30 at night on a Sunday and they're writing their first offer. I think that a lot of people tend to think that I will pick up the phone and I will and I'll help you. I'm going to say, hey, sorry, Chris, you're on your own. Call your sponsor, call, call your broker, whoever. Yeah. Not going to, people have been very generous with me, their time and I'm trying to pay that for but the next person behind me. Sure. So it's not necessarily, um, but, uh, but, um, Find training, things like that. I do training at the association for a couple of things, but within within the company, it's more so somebody asking me for help or asking me when on the fly and helping them. Gotcha. Maybe that's the book idea someday. Call it ad libbed, ad libbed real estate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so speaking of that, we're kind of like coming up here on the end. Um, these are three questions I ask everybody that comes on, right? So the first one is. What's one book or podcast you think everyone looking to grow their business in real estate should read? So or allowed to. One book that I've been given, uh, QBQ, question behind the question. One, it basically takes you in your mind space from having any sort of a victim mentality to fifteen. Well, how did we get here? Did I not focus on the relationship enough? Is that why this customer went from me to the other person? Um, what, what can I do better than me instead of putting the burden on the customer. It's them. They're stupid. They're me. They don't care about me. What about me? Ask more questions. How did we get? I could have done better. Could I have been on time? Was I late for an appointment? Now, totally monopolize yourself with freeing about how to fix the situation. It's already over, right? Like in hospitality, we say, you do with an angry customer who walked out the door. Nothing ever coming back. Think about it the same way. How do how do I take care of the person? Even if the conditions aren't ideal in the moment. Hospitality, we have the make it right handbook. You're in a hotel, I was the maintenance. Doesn't work. I want to make sure that you come back. Part of the brand standard. So I'm going to give you a card to the restaurant. Like that. Or points. Or figure out which is more, more important to you points or tip card to the restaurant and also fix it also do it in a timely manner so that the expectation I can or cannot fix like before you go to bed give you the options in a position mm-hmm. setting myself up best that way instead of saying well they're just dumb yeah. you can you can do that do you know who that book's by yeah do you know who it's by you know I'll kind of put you on the spot with that. QBQ by John G. Miller. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, so that and nice. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so next one, what should everyone who is in real who is a real estate agent either stop doing or start doing? Stop trying to be like the people on TV around the local producer that's really really humble and 
Lucinda, how do they talk to people? So that's, that's the best thing that I've ever latched on to. As I jumped, jumped in the car with John Farrell and listened to, just listened. I wasn't listening to the content of you know, any confidential conversation. He didn't say. Delivery. Mm-hmm. What he said, how he said, why he said it. Knowing why he's... Sometimes people, they, they don't know the nuances of everything in the business. and they don't, they're, they don't, they're scared to be professionally embarrassed. So then again, they're talking to make noise get out of their depth really quickly don't do that be around people who know ask questions and you can but watch them do and emulate what they're doing and but put your own spin i don't try to be john farrell any more than he tries to be or anybody else to try to be the other person but see what's working yeah and see what's working for you right like it might work for them but you know if you put your own spin on it you might find it a different way to go about it and get the same result. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And then, okay, last one, where can everyone find you online? So they can all find me uh, a couple of different ways. They can go to at ask underscore Chris underscore Lake on Instagram on Facebook. It's uh, at ask Chris Lake, all one word. I uh, made a mistake when I was setting up the Instagram account and I couldn't get the same handle on both, or they can text Ask Chris Lake to 85377 for my mobile business card, or they can text list with Lake to 85377 for my smart sign vanity code for exit real. Cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. There's tons of good stuff there. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, this is the first podcast that I've ever really done. So thank you very much for that. And I uh, appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. Hey, I'll send you some stuff. Uh, Oh. Yep.